I'm Heather Stark, and welcome to This Is Me. I believe women don't have enough safe space to embrace their stories, share freely, and lean on one another. And if we don't do this for one another, ladies, how will we show the next generation how to do it differently? There are a million reasons women hold back and hide. Fear of judgment, shame, uncertainty, or perhaps simple inconvenience. But ladies, that just allows the problem to persist. Let's open up the conversation. No holds barred and no judgment. Let us hear your joys and your pains, your struggles, and your triumphs. Truth be told, we probably have far more in common than you'd imagine. Together, we can create a very different experience than what we've come to tolerate. A more authentic and connected experience that triumphs over judgment and falsities, one that gives us all the space to be sincere and unapologetic together. Today, I am interviewing this wonderful, authentic spirit of a woman. Her name is Karina America Robbins. She describes herself as a wife, mother, and creative seeker. For 13 years, she was a counselor, and she worked with some of the most amazing people from homeless women and children in New Orleans to helping children and teens in local hospice centers. It was through these experiences that she saw how creativity is a great mediator and healer. It opens the door to deep places within the heart that no mortal could ever touch. And for her, it was in those dark moments where she found that creativity and spirituality collide. She considers herself a traveler on this journey and wants to walk alongside us as we search for truth and healing. She believes in the connection with the creativity and the divine and that it brings us closer to finding our true selves. And she invites us to follow her on this path to a divine place that brings women closer together and heals the deep, darkest places within our hearts. I wanted to interview Karina because her Instagram page was filled with Mary Magdalene, quite frankly. And she was always, Mary was always somebody that was hidden in the Bible to me. And I always wanted to know more. And so as I paid attention to Karina's Instagram page, I also realized that she was very spiritual. I actually reached out to Karina in a moment where I was in a deep struggle. I was trying very hard to come to terms with religion and spirituality and and Christianity and still feel authentic. And I, I reached out there. She had no real clue who I was. We had a common friend and that was it. And she was so open to this stranger calling her. And that is, I mean, that right there is what women are about to me. It's just a stranger says, Hey, I, I, I need to talk. And I think that you're the person I'm supposed to talk to. And the woman's like, okay, sure. I mean, is that not one sister helping out another? (laughs) It was so great. Karina and I had very similar stories when it came to being raised in a religion that we felt was oppressive. And there is a space that we collectively need to work to broaden up for those with similar situations who were raised in a religion that felt oppressive and wrong. And you know there's more out there but you're not quite sure how to get it. And even the act of thinking there's more out there 
feels sinful. Well, here's the thing, ladies. There is more out there. And it's okay if we want to step away from the Bible. It's okay if we want to step away from the four walls of a church and seek a different spirituality. And it's okay for us to talk about it and make space for it. And it's okay for us to be angry about the oppressive expectations that different denominations have placed on our shoulders. And that is what today's podcast is all about. Understanding that there is more than one way to worship the divine. And it's okay to walk away from religion and to find solace in something other than the Bible. Here we go. Deep okay. breath. Okay. Okay. We're grounded. <laughs> yes. yes. All right, Karina, thank you so much for um, being my guest today on This Is Me. Um, and thank you because you allowed me to call you out of nowhere as a complete stranger and your, um, (laughs) your openness to that just spoke volumes to me about the type of spirit you are and the message that you want to get out there into the world. And, um, you know, I, I called you because I, um, was just struggling with being able to use my voice. And, um, I am very much, um, led by Mary Magdalene's teachings, which is something that I noticed that you, um, are, are gravitate towards. And then, you know, what little you shared of your story with me, I was like, okay, so this is, this is kind of a (laughs) spiritual, you know, there was like the spiritual connection and you're open to the woo woo in the world. And that is something that, um, I am on, Mm -hmm. um, a journey to discover and embrace my own woo woo. So thank you. I love the woo-woo. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just the only way I can think of, and I say that with yeah. love, you know, know. that um, because before I, I want you to share your story, but, you know, mm-hmm. as I have stepped out of kind of this mainstream traditional religion mm-hmm. and opened myself up to spirit and universe. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just this for right now at this part of my journey, that woo woo is, is the word for it. Right. So, um, you know, as I've alluded to bits and pieces of your story, um, I want to know more. So tell okay. me where your story starts and how you found yourself in this creativity and Mary Magdalene and spirituality place that you're in. Okay. I grew up like you in the South. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that. And I'm yeah. very much in the Bible belt in a very conservative state in a very conservative town of the state and went to a very conservative church. And that, as people know from the South, that's basically your lifestyle is church. And so I grew up like that. My parents didn't grow up that way, but we were very involved in church. And um, as a little kid, that was my life. I was always a deeply spiritual kid I you know I just was so drawn to it there was something about the stories and the stories of God and Jesus I was really drawn to but when I was a teenager um of course when you start getting different teachings and hormones all that stuff starts happening um 
I started developing like panic attacks and all that stuff. And I, when you asked me, when did I um, pretty much know or make that change in my life, you know, like know that it was time to be my authentic self. I thought about it. I think I was always trying to get there, but I never knew how to get there. You know what I mean? Because this was my world was this very conservative and I never felt like I fit in, but I tried so hard because I was deeply spiritual. I didn't really fit in with maybe the other kids and stuff. You know, I didn't care about partying and stuff like that, but I was, so I, so I tried to be the best little Christian girl. So by doing that, my body can only take so much. And I look back at now and I see, oh my gosh, this is what happened. When I was 16, I started having panic attacks regularly and severe depression. And, you know, that was something that I experienced a lot as an adolescent. And I look back at it, you know, for a while thinking, oh, that was just part of being an adolescent. But no, I think my body knew that I wasn't in the right place because I was a spiritual person. And I was learning, you know, when you're an adolescent, you're learning so much about yourself and how you fit in. And I don't think I really felt like I ever fit in. And I just knew something was up. So I, um, but again, I pushed forward. I was going to be the best Christian and, and Southern Baptist. That's the uh, religion I come from and um, our denomination. And um, I ended up going to Southern Baptist College, got my theology degree because I was going to be the best little Christian. (laughs) I was going to be a missionary. I was going to be the best. But again, through this, I even went, I went to seminary, but all through college and seminary, I fought so hard with everything, everything I was being taught. I would just, there was just always something that I was fighting. And again, I was dealing with anxiety and stuff. And, um, you know, I would have my parents tell me, Karina, just study it as a, as this is your, as just some regular, you know, um, class or something. And I couldn't, because people were telling me this is what was the truth mm-hmm. and I could never stomach it, but I stayed. Because, Wait, can I ask you, what yeah, couldn't you stomach? I couldn't, st- oh gosh, I couldn't <laughs> stomach the theology because again, I was being told in college and seminary as a female, there were certain roles I was supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to learn this. And it wasn't just the woman issue. It was all different types of theology. But that was the one that I ended up holding on to the most because I feel like I was always told as a kid, I wasn't supposed to feel this, do this, that you're too anxious, you're too whatever. And then I would go and learn my class, you know, my theology classes, you're not supposed to do this, you're a woman, you can't teach, you can't. So it was just constant trying to put what I felt of God in a box. Mm -hmm. So I spent years of trying to learn that and do that and in papers and classes, and I could not fit God in a box, but I stayed because I thought this is what I was supposed to do because I had this passion, you know, this was such a spiritual person. I was going to save the world. I was going to save all the women and children. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, but, um, so I, I couldn't stomach it even. So I would find myself doing my papers on finding the feminine in the Bible or women's role. Like I would always kind of be to the edges, mm-hmm. but I would, wouldn't completely go over yet. So I always studied those things, but when it would be something that'd be a little scary, I'd be like, oh, I can hone it back in, you know, <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 you know, women preacher. I mean, it would, like little things like that. I would just make sure I kept in little box because that's where I fit and 
that's what made sense in my world, my community. Everywhere I went, you know, that was what people taught me. And I was just in my little bubble. And I did this for years. You know, I worked in New Orleans as a um, counselor for homeless women and children. And I did all this stuff for years and knew. <laughs> On the side, I was reading all this stuff about women and feminist um, theology and feminist books. I was getting all my stuff, but I would stay in that little world because that's all I knew. And I kind of liken it to a woman that's in an abusive relationship. She's afraid to leave because she's scared of the unknown. Yeah. And that's why I stayed so long. <laughs> I was wow. scared to death because I knew nothing else. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Because like you said, it's a lifestyle. It's I loved lifestyle. the way you yes. said that because it, it is it in is. the South. <laughs> yes, it is a lifestyle. And this, all I knew, all my friends, what would I do? I mean, it was my, all my degrees, everything I've ever done and known. Mm-hmm. So I stayed and I stayed until I just couldn't anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and your body tells you, yeah, you, you can only do so much. Your body, if, if you, if you don't make that decision up or like in your head or you, your body's going to remind you, <laughs> Yeah, your body's going to tell you what to do next because you can only do so much for so long. So um, when I finally made the decision to kind of step out of the ministry and leave New Orleans, I just, I just walked away from everything, not knowing what to do in my early thirties. And I mean, with all my degrees in theology, which was ridiculous because it was a denomination that wouldn't allow women to do anything in the ministry, but I had all this education. (laughs) For something that you know, yeah, I wasn't allowed to do. So, um, but I was okay. Always- that, that's also okay. Yeah. So that I'm sorry. I want to just no. they. You were allowed to go to school, yeah, but you're not like, and so everybody that's teaching you yeah. knows, yeah, she's not ever going to get in that pulpit. But we're going to take, we're going to yeah. let her spend her money here, and we're going to teach her and. Yeah. Let me tell I mean, you the stuff that I was taught when I look back at now and I'm still studying, you know, um, different type of theology uh, and stuff and different spiritual and different religions. I was not taught a certain thing. I was taught a certain thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was taught a certain way. So again, you know, I was taught this way to believe this theology. Oh, not open to all this other stuff. So when I was there, it would be, you know, you were here to, um, prepare to be a good wife for your husband or be a good pastor's wife. And I can remember in one class, literally, and this is in the early 2000s, because so I think maybe it's a little bit more open now. I don't know. But um, I was told literally, I remember meeting with my professor and he said, are, are you dating anyone? And I was like, no, he, he leaned over and looked at me and said, then why are you here? Oh, <laughs> And I remember oh. just like my mouth opening, thinking, what? I am a valid person. And again, I'll get back when I get back to Mary Magdalene. This is why I've drawn to her. I'm a, you know, I'm a valid person with a valid calling. And um, so it was just always that second, you know, it was always like, um, I don't know. It was just, again, like, I'm not sure why I was there, but I knew I need, I wanted to do something in my life. I was, like I said, I couldn't ever think about doing something other than something, a a spiritual direction, because, and this is all I was given was this path. 
Mm-hmm. That's all I knew. I didn't mm-hmm. know. Like you told me you grew up Catholic. I mean, I was, I was taught Catholics were not Christians. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. You know, ridiculous. And I was no, just, I, you know, it, <laughs> I remember that. I mean, people yeah. would say to me, you're not going to go yes. to heaven. Yes. Or I have a friend that was like, you need to come to church with me. And yes. <laughs> And okay. you're thinking in your own little conservative world, what? I mean, we're the one true religion. Exactly. I don't know what y'all are thinking. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it was twisted. It was, but again, when you're just in that little world, that's all you know, and that's what you know. So, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, and after that, I got married and I, I still, you know, I had a kid and, you know, and I still, I, I never went back to, I did a little bit of ministry work in, um, with homeless in my local town, I moved back here in South Carolina because I was in New Orleans for a while. And, um, but I just still could never stomach it. And you know, the point that really said, this is it, Karina, this is it was, has to do with Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. Because when I always was taught about her, I mean, oh yeah, she was the first woman. Yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was very patronizing. They, you know, and that was nothing much said about her, but it was very like, Oh, and that's sweet. She was the first woman that went to the, you know, the uh, tomb, but they left it. I, I remember going to an Easter service and um, the pastor was talking about, you know, the uh, resurrection story. And he said, I promise you, because this, you know, there's moments in life where you remember the exact words somebody said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, this is what he said. And I wish I could find the video because it was recorded so people can really see that this is what this man said. (laughs) He said, you know, uh, Jesus appeared before some random person. (laughs) (laughs) He's not even like worried about uh, (laughs) opposing the Bible. (laughs) No, some random person. And it didn't matter who he appeared to. He, you know, and he went on. I was, and that, those, those few words, It probably like, it just stopped all that movement in my head. Like, oh, maybe I should wrong, blah, blah, blah. Stopped and said, he is so wrong. I mean, actually there was like a Southern part of me went, hell no. (laughs) Oh, bless your heart. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that is probably the worst thing I heard out of all my years in seminary. I've heard some crazy things. Yeah. And it was totally disregarding someone that whatever you be believe theology wise she was not a random person she was chosen for a reason mm-hmm. and um that just made and again like I knew about her but that just made me learn more about her and I was like dang it <laughs> you know and I remember watching the da Vinci code and you know and hearing the stories about her but being Southern Baptist I just kind of like oh that's nice and I liked it but you know, I threw that, threw that away, but the more I studied because I was going to prove this stupid guy wrong, <laughs> by the way, I have more education than him, but that's usually how it is in the, in the Southern Baptist churches. But yeah, <laughs> as long as yeah. you're a man, it's fine. But anyway, yeah. So, um, the more I studied about her, I felt so connected to her because, mm-hmm. um, from my perspective, how I grew up, she's completely dissed and dismissed mm-hmm. for being a woman. And that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. And that's, and she was called and that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. 
and she was special and that's how I felt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and whatever, there's so many different stories about her and I have my own view about her and still learning, but she was someone amazing. And despite even what it says in the Bible, she, (laughs) or even her role in that she was a human being that had a purpose in her life and wasn't a random person. I mean, none of us are, but uh, she was bigger than just that. Mm-hmm. So um, she's pretty much become my, you know, I didn't grow up Catholic, but my patron saint or however you guys would say it. She is yeah. my, yeah. And she is um, definitely, as I start, I have definitely left the evangelical world, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and probably even the Christian world, to be honest. And, um, you know, I don't identify as anything right now. And but she is the face that I try to seek when I'm trying to find the divine mm-hmm. because I, I still have this. I don't know about you, but I still have this when I close my eyes an image. It's a white man with a white beard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, and I'm it's trying to get rid of Charlton it. Heston. I mean, yes. And yeah. even though I, you know, my mind knows God doesn't look like that. This white man with a white beard. Mm-hmm. But my head, why does my head go straight to it? That's, and, I mean, like. <laughs> That's what we were taught, you know, Yeah. Sunday yeah. after Sunday, just this, yeah. I mean, almost brainwash, in, if you will. It is. And it's ingrained in there. Yeah. So I'm 45 years old mm-hmm. and it's still yes. in there. And, um, so I'm really using her to help me kind of change that perspective and, and Mary, mother Mary and mm-hmm. Sophia, all these goddesses and, and other goddesses, you know, I'm learning about all different goddesses from the pagan religion and I just really craved the divine because I've always been searching for that. I think I've always been searching for that and didn't know until even in seminary, I was searching for it, but, and I was never given that, you know? So now it's just that constant searching and, um, and it's, I am finding it in so many different things and opening my eyes, like you said, to so many different things that, and it feels okay because I would used to feel the guilt and the shame and, okay you know, yeah. of, of thinking I may be wrong or whatever. So I want to, I know what it felt like when I finally stepped into this, yeah. what did it feel like when you finally stepped out of that evangelical world? What was that feeling like um, when you gave very, yourself permission? Yeah, it was very slow, but it's uh, so funny because I think you're going to laugh, <laughs> but um, I felt relief because and I felt like, yay, I can have one. I know that's silly. <laughs> Southern Baptist. <laughs> you could, I'm serious. This is so silly. I mean, when I worked with them, you had a sign of things saying you wouldn't drink. And it's so silly. It's so stupid. But um, that was probably one of my first thoughts. <laughs> that's, that's great. Isn't that so funny? I mean, and, uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, we had to. So in order to get married in the Catholic church, we had to sign a piece of paper that said we would raise our children in the Catholic church. So when I walked away, I was like, ah, I don't have to raise my children. You don't have to raise that. You know, and even when I signed that piece of paper, I was like, this is ridiculous. It reminded (laughs) me of a, like a a Disney fairy tale, like Rapunzel, you know, where the parents sign over the daughter. That's true. Um, so, okay. I'm sorry. No, no, you're right. That's exactly. It's so funny. And 
And when you get out of it, you see how crazy, you know, when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. That's why I think my body knew way before I knew, you know, with the panic attacks and stuff, because I didn't belong and something wasn't right. And I've always thought of myself as a truth seeker and a, and um, I could never um, just settle with like what I was being taught, but I would stay and stay because I thought that's what I needed to do. But so Mary Magdalene is, you know, I'm reading every book I can about her and um, she's just, what I'm looking toward. And it's funny because when I pray now, I told somebody this and, and again, because I'm trying to get this image of God out of my, of a white man with a white beard out of my head. Um, and more of a Sophia or just a general divine feminine, but I call her big mama. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody really knows that, but it's, it's what works for me and my, and just because, you know, I mean, when you conjure in the South, you conjure up big mama, you know, yeah. she is, you know, she's her. the head of the family, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so even though I'm not like, you know, I'm not, so, I didn't have Southern heritage to grow up, but you grow up in this, you know, my family's not from the South, but you grow up in the South, you know who big mama is. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so she's, it's not really Mary Magdalene's big mama, but, um, <laughs> Sophia or the divine feminine, you know, in general, the goddess. And so when you now, do you have the same anxiety? Has that anxiety lessened? Oh yeah. No. I mean, of course I have anxiety because I'm a mom and I'm married. Yeah. (laughs) So that's just normal life, but Mm -hmm. no, um, I feel no urge or, um, shame about going to church because like I said, I live in a very conservative town now and, um, that's what you do. And yeah. I don't. and that's what one of the first things people ask when they meet you. What oh, church do you go to? Yeah, yeah, and um, no, and of course my family they don't know to the extent how I have gone liberal and <laughs> yeah. you know and yeah. um, that whole they don't know the extent because I don't really talk about it with them, but um, they know that something's changed. <laughs> but I, I am. For them, it's bad, you know, for them, it would be bad because, but, um, no, I, I, it's, it's just opened the door to me finally settling in my body too. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm looking back at, I'm 45 and I'm finally, I'm not really here. Nobody, you're never there really reach there, but I'm in a whole new journey and learning new things. And like, you know, you, we talked about on the phone about how I'm learning tarot. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's just, oh my gosh, it's been so eye opening and just a simple thing like that. Oh, I would have, it would have been forbidden, but I, you know, again, <laughs> yeah, it, it feels so good to be able to open up spiritually and, um, will know. you, for the listeners, will you kind yeah. of unfold tarot and, yeah. and just what, what that is and, and how that helps you in your journey? Yeah, it, um, I started, I'm with a group uh, cause I started doing cla- um, art is, is my therapy, you know, and I started mm-hmm. doing art for the last 15 years and, um, you know, I do a lot of online art classes and I found this group of girls that is called art, Witch Academy, and I loved the artists and they were really sweet. So I, I joined it, never really identified as a witch, but I went in there anyway, and they have taught me so much. 
about uh, just so many different things other than my little world. And one of the things they uh, teach is about tarot. And I started learning. And oh my gosh, first of all, there's a lot of history of it. Of course, in the church, the Catholic church and stuff like that in the Mm -hmm. Knights Templar, you can, there's a lot of history with that if you take that route. And, and of course, the most common, um, well-known tarot cards, they have, you know, different religious symbols that I automatically know. And so it's so funny that maybe not everybody comes from that perspective when they learn tarot, but Mm -hmm. here I come from this perspective and it has the same symbols taught in a different way from a different perspective. And, um, it, it just all brings back that everything is, is the same. It's mm-hmm. all one, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And something that can be, have been considered that was wrong or evil on one side is exactly the same in some ways, because it just provides a way for me to, to sit down and meditate mm-hmm. on the cards, the images are relaxing, so in that therapeutic way, it's very relaxing. And, um, and also it's very reminiscent when I was a little, when I was a young girl, you know, and I was always had to read that Bible. I remember couldn't wait to read the Bible because I was waiting for the magic. Like mm-hmm. I would open up and be like, what is God going to say to me today? And of course, college and seminary took all that away, the magic away. And now I'm going back to the magic mm-hmm. and it's still the same thing. And, um, it's the same, we're, it, everything is the same and we're all one. And it's just putting like the whole world in perspective. And it's, I just, I, you know, I'm very drawn to the images and it's just been very eye-opening and very, uh, it's been really good for me. I really love it. It's, it's a way to um, allow the divine in your life. Yes. And yeah. to speak in another way, because again, I'm not reading the Bible. So Mm -hmm. the the divine can talk to you in any way. (laughs) And one way is, is through the, um, the cards. And it's crazy, um, how synchronistic it can be because you will ask a question or something that you need to know, or you don't even have to ask a question. It'll pull a card. And my intuition will tell me something that I know is from the divine. Mm -hmm. And just from this little (laughs) card with an image, if, and I hate to say it's going to be so heretical, but if the divine can use words on a paper in a book, an ancient book, yes, the divine can use a card with a drawing on it. Yes. That's the same, same. And it's so interesting how a lot of very, um, conservative evangelical Christians are only okay with it. If it's from the Bible, right. No, like, and, and and it doesn't, there's not a logical reason (laughs) for that thought. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And, and that, you know, they use it to hide behind a lot of stuff, but um, yeah, it's so it's, it's definitely been life-changing and I'm so glad I'm finally on this side. It took lots of years and, you know, I I still struggle with anger a little bit. It's getting better. I was going to ask what's part of the, your story that you still, that still sticks to you. The anger, <laughs> and yeah. it, it's it's loose. It's loosening up because I, I'm not in that world. But I would have like to be honest. During the you know, there's a certain time when we're in election in 2016. I had to unfriend a lot of people, or yeah. 
still now on Facebook or I just had to hide myself from that thinking and because it wasn't good for me. It wasn't doing me any good to argue. I mean, to argue with anything is ridiculous. So I'm getting better about that every once in a while. There'll be something that triggers, you know, but um, it, it's, I'm human. So I'm still going to have those feelings that come back. But most, most of my, my life, everyday life is, is not um, guided by that anymore. I used to feel angry all the time about it. Mm-hmm. when I was in the middle of it or like you were <laughs> denied something you were taught yes. wrong. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And that was that anger that I would look and like read it when I would read all the stuff about Mary Magdalene or said like, Oh my gosh, you know, yeah. they, the church in the church purposely kept her hidden 100% and yeah. way down the road. And it continued for years. And of course, and the evangelicals too, that every, you know, fit their whole narrative to find out, to, to control, to control mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's so, and it's, it is like a cult in the fact that you are brainwashed and you don't know. Mm-hmm. And there's, do you know, Rob Bell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So when yeah. he has this quote that says, um, I don't remember, he, uh, he would say, oh gosh, I, I won't be able to say exactly, but he says, once your eyes have been opened, you can't even change. So once you see, you can't unsee. When you yeah. taste, you can't untaste. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're on the side. And um, so, you know, there's no going back with that. But, yeah, you know, there's always going to be parts with a little bit of anger because it's you see people you love or people that you know, it's just you wish they would just <laughs> understand. But I'm so thankful, so thankful that I'm on this other side and learning so much and um, and I, and I want, and, and I do have a, a passion to help women, especially women, because we, and, and maybe it's because of my background with women, but um, we have been given these roles and things that we need to do for so long. And I feel like society is getting a little bit better with things, but um, we, we have we haven't been able to, like you said, I'm so glad you're doing this because we haven't been able to really share ourselves completely wholeheartedly mm-hmm. and tell our story, who we are completely because we had to be this. We had to be the great mother. We had to be so pretty. We had to be thin. We had to be silent. <laughs> yes. We had to be. Yes. Because you know what happens when you speak up, what women yeah. are called. Yeah. 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 And or how they're considered and um, yeah. Oh Yeah. So what is one piece of, of wisdom that you've learned from your story that you just, if you could just give it to anybody and everybody, what would it be? It's okay. It's okay to question things around you and it always listen to your body and in your intuition. And I know that's scary because we, I don't know about you, but I was taught that everything inside me was awful and gross and bad. And Yes everything. So, but that your heart lies to you, everything. Yes. Yeah. Every thought. Yes. Every feeling feelings were bad. And because that, you know, feelings aren't bad thoughts, you know, they're not bad. They're part of you and continue to explore that. And, um, never let anyone like, so never let anyone take you from that journey. That's because they will. Yeah. And they will, because they want you to be where they are. Yes. And the first people that will do that are the people often leading the, the, the religious leaders. Right. Right. You know, 
because you oh, can't yeah. trust your heart. I love that. It's wonderful to hear another 45 year old woman <laughs> who <laughs> is still with residual anger because yeah. I, I like that to me is very comforting because I still carry anger and I have, I have a spiritual uh, director or a guidance. Um, and we've been working together for going on 10 months and I'm, you know, have all this anger and yes, it's getting lessened, but I'm like, how much more is there? You know, about um, it for years and years and years and years. Yeah. And that's like wounding. I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard. It takes a long time to heal from wounding. It does, especially in something that was your lifestyle and your yeah. identity. And I feel it's compounded by the fact that people don't want to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> they will shut you up. Yes. They yeah. don't want to hear this. And so there's nowhere for you to go right. to, right. to process it and metabolize it. Yeah. So I do, I listening to your story and the, your, you speak about it as so matter of fact, this is it, this is me. And so that that's, that's very comforting and it's very grounding for me. And, um, it's very freeing. I do. Okay. If you were able to have a conversation with Mary Magdalene, oh, is there like one, like just this, and it's probably unfair for me to say only one question. No. <laughs> so like, what is a topic, I guess, that you would want yeah. to talk with her, to discuss with her? Right. I would want to know how <laughs> she, obviously she had more spiritual depth than me, but how could she look at and see what, how her name has been dragged in the mud, how she's been treated the things she's been said about her or dismissed and ignored, hidden, mm-hmm. lied, all the stuff that's, that's been done to her personally. Mm-hmm. How has she handled that and still loves us, still loves us? You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, because I, I don't know how, <laughs> there would have to be something special about someone that could take all that yeah. and, and still be who she is and teach us because she's, she's still teaching us. Mm-hmm. And she has more grace and love than any pastor or <laughs> preacher I have known. Mm-hmm. So I would want to know how she does that. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. She had that grace. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. like you said, we have that anger. How does she, mm-hmm. how is she not angry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love that. Um, okay. At- I love the artwork that you post. Um, That's always beautiful to me. I appreciate how open you are. And I really appreciate you just taking the time to do this. And, you know, I'm not going to be the only woman comforted by your story and your journey. And um, so thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Okay. I will be in touch. You take care. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.